Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. Everyone has a core fear that gets woven into their soul from childhood, and it tends to drive everything from thoughts to behaviors. But God created us in His image, and He is love. His Word tells us that perfect or mature love drives out fear. So how can we move from being fear-driven to being love-driven? In this episode, we unpack this question and provide insights and tips to understand your fears and respond to them in healthy, redemptive ways that will benefit not only you, but also your relationships. For resources to help you live a love-driven life, visit BeBroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And we'd sure appreciate it if after the show, uh, you would rate and review the program because this helps others to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's get into today's conversation about fear and love. All right, all right. Stephen Cervantes. Here, present, sitting up straight and ready for class to begin. Good to have you here. I just have to let you know, Stephen, that I am personally looking forward to this particular podcast, not for anything that I could say, Mm -hmm. but because I want to get better at what we're about to talk about here, because um, we're going to be talking about moving from being Mm fear-driven to being love-driven. And in some ways, Stephen, I feel like I've maybe traveled inches Mm. on that journey in 20 plus years. It's Uh one of the areas that I just feel like I'm, I'm constantly battling with, because um, you've talked about how, you know, every single one of us, we've got a core fear, right? Yes. And, um, man, it's a battle. It's a struggle. And to try to be, to try to go from being fear driven, like that's the motivation for why I'm doing stuff to being love driven. It's a journey I've been on and it's a journey that I want to keep growing in. But some days I look at it and I go, I don't know how far I've come on this, on this journey. It's a hard one, you know? It is. So, so, okay, now we're going to have to confess what our core fear is because yeah. <laughs> you told everybody. And so my core fear from childhood is that I'm not enough, I'm just mm-hmm. not enough. You're going to see me as a, a loser, stupid, I misspeak, I read the wrong words, I, it's not a smart thought, it's really dumb. Because I've been the slow kid, right? All my life I've been playing catch-up, trying to figure out life. But but the excitement is I've been f- trying to figure out life, and I've learned some things, and I love it. The very thing that scared me has now been harnessed and helps me, but still I'll trip over the same thing. Mm-hmm. So my core fear is that I'm not enough. And so Christ says I am, and everybody will preach to you, and don't believe it. Look, if it's woven in your soul from childhood, 
Yeah, it's hard to just it's hard snap and, your fingers. Yeah, and, yeah. I know. Every, people say dumb things. They love me and say dumb things. Like, this, no, <laughs> how do you believe it? No, you're so good. You're so smart. It's like, okay, you weren't in my childhood, okay? You see the outcome, but the thing underneath has been driving me all my life, right? Yeah. So what do you think? What's your core fear? I mean, it's a similar one. I, my core fear is that I won't measure up. But another way to put that is yeah. that um, uh, my core fear is you won't be that impressed with me. You won't like me that impressed. You won't think yeah. I'm that good. All that, right? I'm, 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 so, you're not going to see me as anything special. Kind yeah, of a thing. I'm not yeah. that special. Isn't that beautiful? Here we are before our gods, before you, confessing the, the greatest fear in our soul. So the way to move from being fear-driven is to know the fear, mm-hmm. to own the fear, and let the fear be there. And and anytime somebody's about to reject you, the fear is going to warn you. Oh, yeah. It is a friend. It's not the friend you want to see every week. Right. But it still does a friendly thing. People say, oh, it's the critic. It's the demon. It's a terrible thing. It's like, no, it's my soul. It's stuff in my being that's warning me that this person's really good and I'm not that good, and they're going to tell me I'm not that good, and and here we are being rejected again, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the fear is. We're going to be rejected, and why? Because we were, you know, our parents were busy. They had their traumas, you know, whatever the context was. What we're finding with a lot of the uh, addicts is they weren't loved well, mm. and I get them to say, "Tell me, I was never loved well. I was never loved well." And if you've never been loved well, then you don't run on love. You run on fear. Right. And you're trying to earn it and get it. But and that's, that's and that's why it's hard to receive those well-intentioned messages from people that are saying, but Stephen, God loves you. Yeah, you there know? you go. And I go, I know, but yeah. it doesn't change the inner program. And, and the, you know, when we talk about one of our programs, the Holy Spirit and my spirit, there is the battle in there. The Spirit's saying, oh, you're so good. And you go, really? Come on. I messed up yesterday. That guy laughed at me last week, and I forgot to do this. And my wife's disappointed. And, and, and go down the list, right? We're humanity. We're full of broken and failings. And yet, how do we, because our God doesn't say that. He never says that. He says, prodigal, come home. Mm-hmm. Come home. You're mine. You belong here. And that's the transformation of the gospel. So we're always yeah. trying to lay down our fear to pick up the love of God. So so what does, how do you know if you're fear-driven? You're fear-driven if you have all the symptoms if you're anxious, if you're controlling, if you're angry, if you worry all the time, if you've got no rest, it's because you have fear out of control in your soul. Right? No fear, love, rest. Mm. Fear, restless. Right? And so what do we do then? We drink too much, we gamble too much, we sex too much. You know, we escape too much. We great build great fantasy stories to get away from ourselves. You know, and so th- that's how you can tell if you're fear-driven. And this is no simple discussion here. Yeah. I mean, I've been working on this a long time. I'm much more restful. But but if we walked in, if I walked in that door and he, and you said you're supposed to be here yesterday, not today, I would go. <gasps> Fear would just climb all of you. Sure, fail. Yeah. What happened? You let him down. You're a disappointment, right? So I have to breathe and calm myself down and remind myself, no, no, no. 
this is not the judge of the universe. Universe, this is Jonathan. This is Jonathan. He loves me. It's okay. He just told me I screwed up. And it's not that I'm not lovable. Yeah, and thankfully we're grace based in our approach around Amen. here. Amen. So <laughs> Amen. We offer grace. And I wonder if that's why you love grace so much is because you keep trying to find it, oh, integrate it, weave it in, run on it. No, the reason we love it so much is because I've no, been able- I. I. Yeah. Why do you, you personally, love grace? So much. Uh, because of, oh man, I'm going to lose it. Mm. Because of a Tuesday, actually because of a Saturday afternoon in August of 1999 when I was suicidal and depressed and mm. all alone in my house and God met me on my floor. Amen. And love That's you. grace. I mean, after after all that I had done to hurt people and thumb mm. my nose at God and basically just be a rebel in the universe, um, God said, like you said, prodigal son, he said, I, I, I want you to come home, I, come you know, home. love. And so, uh, um, yeah, so that's why, I mean, so. Because to, he met you. Because I've, you been, and... I've been given grace. Uh. It's like I can't help but just say. You, you want this too, like everybody. You <laughs> but know, do you grace then receive awesome. that, or do you have fight it? Um, because I get that I, you got it; it showed up. Yeah. Well, it's a it's an ongoing battle because of what you're saying because of these fears. Yeah. So the thing is, I wish I could say that that experience, that profound experience that I had yes. in 1999, I wish I could say that it was just neatly bottled up <laughs> and, and it, like the permanent condition of my heart. And you and were life wrapped from all that. around, all the fear left. But the reality <laughs> is, is like, as we talk all the time, it's a journey, you know, and yes, it's, it's up yes. and down and sideways. And so the fear keeps wanting to come back. And yeah. so that's why... That's why I think we're going to get there, but you got to keep drawing on the realities. Well, of love and that's and grace. why it hadn't occurred to me till right now. That's why I think you love grace, because it's love showing up. Oh, absolutely! Right? Yeah, we do our very best, and like our best, very best work is like the the big chief tablet. People won't even know what I'm talking. <laughs> and the fat Crayolas on the crude paper, oh. and we're drawing. That's our life, you know. And he shows up and he says, "Good job. That's all I want. I just want you." Yeah. Whatever you got, the, it's like we want to be wanted, we want to be loved. Mm-hmm. So, so we're talking about the old program. The old program makes us play roles and put out images and tries to earn your love, or are the funny guys trying to make you laugh so you enjoy him, and the controlling person trying to control so the world is safe and they don't get surprised, and the worries always on guard, the worriers on guard, danger's coming, watch for it, watch for it, we can't be surprised, right? So you see the angry man is hurting and he can't get satisfaction and he's hurting and he's hurting. You can see that fear is driving all of these people. And you also know when you're around a restful soul, mm. just in the deep depths of their being, they don't need anything. They don't want anything. If it, if life takes a twist or turn, that's fine. We'll go that way. We were going that way. We'll go that way. That's fine. Right? Because they're restful. But there's other people who are so fragile, so driven by fear. And what I love about this conversation is we started by saying our own fears. Mm. Because when you bring them into the light, they lose their power. When you say what they are, when you call them by name, when you say the words, 
that you felt of something you felt long ago that lives inside you. If you never say the words, if you never speak it out, if you never bring it to a brother, if you never say, hey, I don't know if I'm worth it enough, half of the fear goes away when you do that Mm -hmm. because your friend still loves you, life goes on, you still got to live in the same body. So, Mm -hmm. So the old model says, hey, why can't I do what I want? Uh, I've I've done this all my life. Why can't I die the same? Why do you want to change me? Right? If somebody's afraid of change or afraid of seeing themselves or doesn't want to own who they are, that's fear. Mm. Right? That's fear driven. The interesting thing is it can be uh couched in this idea of no, I'm I'm in control of my life, right? Yeah. And what I've found over the years in my own life and doing this ministry for a long time is uh, fear and control are cousins. Like a lot of times, the the more somebody is almost trying to tell you how much they're in control of their lives, right. it exposes the fact that they've got a lot of fear Yes, because they're absolutely. trying to control everything because they're it. so afraid of things spinning out. That's they're so right. afraid of like right. being out of so, control. The way I see it is you see the symptom control, and that's like the tree control. What's the root? fear mm-hmm. right whenever you see a symptom go oh that's fear because my basic premise is fear drives everything fears about survival being on guard living right being afraid but it's exhausting it is, yeah. there's no rest in that so uh one guy said man i'm really good at work they think i'm incredible i'm patient but i go home and i yell and i go to my room and i detach and it's like Oh, you can see there's a lot of fear in that program. I got to be good at work, keep my job. Hey, that's a good idea. We like to pay bills, but go home and yell and detach and get lost in TV for hours, not enjoy your kid, your wife. No, 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 there's too much fear in that system. So as my life got harder, as I grew up, what did you do? Control more, anger more, porn more disconnect more, fantasize more, what'd you do? Because those are the symptoms that you don't have peace in your soul. So, and one guy even said, you know, I feel disembodied from myself. Mm. I thought if you practice disconnecting because of the fear, you you become disembodied, detached from your own self. And then you live sort of two lives. And you wonder, well, I wonder why, you know, there's the outside me and the inside me, or as you said before, the daytime me and the nighttime me. Right. Right? I have to hide the ugly stuff. I have to look good outside so I'm loved, but I never really feel loved. But but I get pseudo-love. You kind of like me, but you don't know me. Mm-hmm. Right? So fear-driven means scared on the inside and driven by my fear. Mm. What do you think? That's so good, and and in fact, several of these I'm like I I, I have experienced these before, you know, um, like even that idea of feeling disembodied. It does feel like there's just a like almost like a soul detachment. Yeah. Like, uh, and then the interesting thing is, I think then that compounds fears because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I feel uh, sort of detached from my own soul, and then I'm being instructed and invited to engage more emotionally with the people that I love, but I feel completely inadequate and ignorant about how to do that, which only drives my fear of like, I don't measure up. You're not going to be that impressed. Mm. I'm not. And so it's almost like it can create this spiral that then almost traps you in that yes. disembodied state, like that that's place of where, 
well, this me has to stay over here because I'm trapped. Right. I don't even know how to get out of that. Yeah. And but presentation me is absolutely spectacular, right? You know? <laughs> Everybody, you wow them, they love you. Right. Listen to this line because I thought it was a beautiful line. This guy said to me, I don't know how to be emotional, which means live with my fear. But I've watched enough emotional people so that I can look like I'm emotional. Oh, wow. I mean, that you is. think about that. He learned, you know, when to be sad, when to cry, when to sigh, and we go, oh, I'm sorry. I act it, but I don't feel it. Mm. That's the disconnect, the disembodiment, right? Yeah. Is that I'll put on whatever show you need me to so I look normal to you, but I'm scared inside. Mm -hmm. So... So this came about, and this has a very much relationship flavor to him because his wife has been trying to love on this guy and attend to him and feed his soul. And sometimes we wake up in our relationships. We don't wake up on our own just when we're out mm -hmm. fishing and right. hiking and hunting. But in the context of a relationship, a wife crying out, a wife calling you up to a higher place, uh, you seeing her life running better than yours. I mean, in that context, we sort of see some of our own weaknesses. And so some of the language I'm going to use is from a guy that said stuff about his wife because he could see something different in her life than in his own, mm -hmm. right? And if you're living on the outside and hunkering down on the inside, when you live it long enough, you believe well, that's how I am. But when you look at another life up close, and it sort of works better than yours, you can start asking yourself questions. Mm -hmm. She seems restful. She's not controlling or angry or irritated. And she can flex and move. And she really is emotional. She really is feeling that, mm -hmm. you know? So he said, I want to act in a way that wake, makes my wife feel safe. Mm. I, I, I haven't heard too many men use that as a motivator. Because indirectly means I want to be safe so she can be safe. But remember what I said. He's, he can't see himself clearly yet, but he can see through her something that, that sets a good goal. Am, mm -hmm. I, am I explaining that well? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that pops into my head is like how can, how can a man act in such a way where he's – not causing uh, doubts in his wife or not causing her fear to be triggered. Um, and so I, th I see in that, like there's a, there's a gentleness, there's an empathy, there's a compassion, there's a, a service mentality towards that of trying to live yeah. in such a way so that she yes, feels secure. In but there's something that has to happen to him, right? Because that's not good enough motivation. I'm going to make her safe. Well, what I'm, I'm going to be stupid, right? But what I'm saying is, like, what what I guess the way I'm seeing it is what I'm saying is he is actually uh, working on having a security yes. in himself. Yes. Like, and listen, I'm I'm going to rest in my the grace of God. I'm going to yes. uh, I'm going to work on the my insecurities and my fears in order yes. that there can be an effect That's here perfect. that says she feels safe. That's too, exactly. You know? It's almost like a vision of where he wants to go. Well, some of it too is I think a lot of what we're talking about here is contagious on both sides. It's I think, true. I think fear yes. and control that can be contagious because then what happens? Okay, if if wife is operating out of fear and control, what happens? Husband responds with fear and control, you know. But then if 
husband says, you know what, I want to operate in a place of safety and grace. Well, maybe there's some safety and grace that right, starts to— going to start to weave back and forth. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, I want her to not be afraid of a future with me. Hmm. Right? So remember, there's two parts what we've illustrated. I'm going to make some changes such that she can see me as her future. Mm, that's good. Right? So, so what I, and I'm not trying to minimize, he's using language of her, but half of it's about him. It is, yeah. Okay. Uh, I know I'm gaining control over my fears over time because they're being reduced bit by bit as I move forward. And as I'm reducing my fears from being fear driven to love driven, I see a new relationship developing. The more restful I am, the more she gets to engage in my rest, right? The less critical I am of me, the less critical I am of her, we can move to rest and peace and joy and all the good things we're supposed to be running on. You know, the thing that pops into my head, and I, uh, I think even as you keep going through this, this could be something that we that is almost a theme through this, mm-hmm. is, you know, when Jesus said, to love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. I'm hearing that in a lot of this here. The idea of, you know what, well, listen, we to truly love somebody else, there has to be a sense in which I have taken care of my own self, emotionally, physically, spiritually, yeah. all of that. And so what I'm seeing here is like, okay, as I as I learn how to have peace and rest mm-hmm. and calm in myself, I can now love you it's the true. way you're needed to be loved, you know? Right, so the flaw is I'm going to love my wife, but if you don't love yourself, now, and when I say that, I mean with the fullness of God love, right. not because I can crank it up in my soul right. or I can talk myself into love. No, but God said I am love. That's who I am. When I, you encounter me, it's love. It's all about love. I'll do some judging, but I love loving, right? Why does God love? Because that's who he is. He can't help him, so he loves right. So when we enter into his presence, he's glad to see us. It doesn't matter where we've been. When you come home, I'm glad you're home, right? I'm glad you're with me now because you're plugging into the true source. And that is love. And so we, we, we allow, we who are the most critical of ourselves, allow the love of the Father to enter our souls. We let ourselves enter into the love of the Father where we have blocked it or not been given it or not accepted it, right? In the deepest part of our soul, we say, I pick your program over mine, mm-hmm. right? That's the transformation. That's the gospel. Trade in the old so you can be made new, right? Old things pass away so that new things can come, right? We can be renewed and transformed. And and we go from the, those that were thrown out of the garden, and as you said earlier, learned evil and ran on evil like fear, to move towards the Father who says, I'm love. Show up, and I love you. Just Mm. show up. I want to enjoy you. I want you to be my kids. I had this thought, what if we really believed we were God's kids? Mm. I mean, what if you really, really believed it, and all the fear had to leave because of the truth of all the love you didn't get in all those places? Abba says, I want to fill every hole, and I want you to believe that you're mine. Mm Mm-hmm. I I was very uh, convicted the other day when I was listening to Tim Keller, okay. and he made this statement. He said, um, "You are only as how did he put it? He said um, 
to the degree that you worry, we're talking about fear, right? To the degree that you worry is the degree to which you lack assurance of Mm. God's love for you. Mm. And it really struck me because it's what you're talking about there. Man, you know what? If I, what would it look like if I fully embraced the reality that God says, you're, you're my boy, Yeah, you know, like you're in my family. There's nothing that can never separate us. Yes. And I think in my mind, I go, well, absolutely. There'd be no fear. Mm. And then I get in my heart and I go, there's still fear. Mm. So somewhere there's more growth needed. I love that because that's for embracing the love. That's it. Because in our mind, we know things. But in our but in our hearts we felt things, mm-hmm. right? The pain of what we felt in the past is so real, right? The hurt, the loneliness, the distance, the detachment, and then the father says, "You're mine," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Will I receive? Can I believe that? That is so spiritual." But I have physical, right? Yeah, and I look at it this way too. It's like. I'll say all day till the cows come home. I believe that. <laughs> and for those just listening, I'm pointing to my head <laughs> right now. That's good. That's good. And yet I'm going, oh, I want to experience it. But like can I you want say, it to... I receive that? Yeah. Can you change that wording? Would that help any to say, I receive that? I think that does encompass more of who I, the, the whole being to say, try, I receive try it right that. Right now. I receive that. I receive that in my heart. I receive that in my soul. I receive it. Because it isn't the problem we block it. Mm-hmm. We sort of know it. Well, I asked you to do something yesterday. You didn't help me on my test, and I still failed. Okay, I don't know if you're going to show up. And, or, you know what I mean? And all right. this kind of stuff, right? So, so, but, so tweak your life. I receive. I receive. I receive. I would just encourage anybody out there, because we're blocking the flow. And and because we didn't think we deserved it, earned it, or the, right because of our fears. Mm-hmm. But if you said, "I receive, I receive, I receive the filling, the transformation," I receive, I receive. So he said, "I want to get better at intimacy, knowing myself and my wife. I want the old <laughs> program to end. I'm tired of losing control in these areas of my life." So. I'm 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 going to do some new behaviors. I made a mess. It's time to clean up. And I really think part of what we're talking about is using the language of I receive. Mm-hmm. I receive your love. I receive your blessing. I walk in it. I embrace it. The whole idea of opening our hearts, right, that have been closed. Mm-hmm. I made plenty of messes, and I receive your forgiveness, Lord. And he said a thousand Mild journey, you know, starts with one step right. of receiving and and saying, not fear, love. And this is going to sound weird. I have not figured out how to to make fear go away. But I have learned to talk to my fear and make it sit down. Yeah. Yeah, that's and good. And so I say, okay, fear, you've done your job of warning me. Now step to the back because I'm going to go forward now. Because the fear lives in us in a more danger. We're about to be rejected. Uh, we might mess up, right? And we sort of need that. And because of how it feels, it can feel authoritative yes. in our lives, yes. right? Because it feels, well, it feels panic-inducing, right? When the fear and, surges. And when fear surges. And it's supposed to warn you, this is dangerous. But dangerous. a lot of times what happens, I think, is when the fear surges, 
it also causes everything else to feel faster. Okay. Like everything's got to move faster intense, now. Right? I've got to do something right now. Oh, interesting. And so I think the idea of saying, seeing fear as the warning system, yes, and then being able to say, oh, okay, so now I'm no, aware. no, but listen to what you just said. Go faster. So fear. Okay, you're warning me. What's the next thing you should say? Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> fear. Now, dude. Slow down, slow down. You know, right. there's a military principle. It says slow is fast. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really know what it means exactly, but I think I know what it means. It means go slow. Pay very close attention to every detail that we're about to do. Don't miss one thing. Go slow means go deep, and we're going to succeed. Because you understand you want to run fast, and you're going to miss some cues and clues right. and your preparation and all that other stuff. So now it's like, okay, fear, you've warned me. This is dangerous. I'm going to go speak in front of a crowd, or I'm going to, I'm going to have to lead, or I'm going to, have, right? And, and I slow. And, and I think then the next thing after that, especially as we're talking about going from being fear driven to love driven, is then to say, okay, fear, thank you. Sit down. I'm slowing down. And also, you know what? I'm remembering whose I am. Oh yeah. Like I am God's <laughs> child. I'm totally mm-hmm. secure in that relationship. Yes. There's nothing. He says, I'm in his hand. There's nothing that yes. can take me out of that. And so kind of just being reminded of the love yes. that God has. And then then that gives me the ability to then say, I'm not going to operate out of fear now. I'm going to operate from this position of being a beloved Amen. son of the, the king Amen. and move forward that way. Amen. So, so you know who Brene Brown is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She has this picture. She said, man, when I went out there to talk at first, people would say, well, you don't look like your picture. You're older. You're heavier. And you're not who I thought you were. She said, it would tear me up. I'd go home for a weekend and close the shades and hide because I wasn't what they wanted. Mm. And then she said, I have a new criteria. If you're a warrior that's been in the battle, then you may address me as your equal. But if you've been in the bleachers and you just came out of the bleachers, you're a critic that sits in the bleachers, I don't, you don't have anything to say to me. Mm. I'm not interested. I'm going to guard my heart from yeah. your criticism. Because you've been bloodied on the field of battle. Then you may consult with me and direct me and help improve me. And what's interesting about that is uh, I would be willing to venture that those who've been bloodied on the battle are not going to be highly critical. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, you have been on the battlefield, and I have been on the battlefield, and we've been bloodied up. Mm -hmm. And so you may speak to me, but when I go out and speak to unknown people, the first thing I want to say, are you a warrior? Right, yeah. Are you a critic? Because if you're a critic, (laughs) thank you for coming. Bye, bye. You got nothing to speak to the warrior. If you're a warrior, then let's have coffee, and you tell me. What's God been doing to refine you and change you? How did you deal with the fear when it came up? That's good. And you know what? I think it's important to say that, that that fits into love. Like Keep going. Which is speak the truth in love to one another, right? Oh. So there's a sense in which, hey, warriors on the battlefield, you know what? We might be able to, to press on each other, but yes. what are we doing? We're saying, let's be better warriors. That's right. That's a loving thing to do. Amen. The Amen. critic that comes out of the bleachers and says, I don't like how you, you know, wore your clothes or whatever. Yeah. It's like, well, listen, first of all, <laughs> you don't have anything to say. And that's that, that didn't fit into love. That's no, not. that's judgment. So that's I, right. I think this is all part of still what we're talking about here yes, from being love driven is there are things that we need to say to other warriors. 
Yeah. That are saying, hey, you know, you might be steering a little bit off there, but uh, we receive that and we give that. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we just wrap there. I think God's taking it to a good place. The whole idea, just remember the question of the day is are you driven by fear all day? Or do you go camp at Abba's feet mm. and talk to him and say, I need you, Father. I need you in the morning. And, and so I'll greet you every morning when I wake up. I'll look for you during the day and I'll receive the blessings of kindness and affirmation and things working. And sometimes I get green lights all in a row and I say, Father, thank you for all the green lights or a parking space. I'm always looking for Abba to bless me. Mm-hmm. And I go to bed at night saying, thank you, Father. I just need to be in your presence. Because I know if I run on fear, what, what my life looks like. Yeah. So yeah. we're moving from love-driven, from fear-driven people to love-driven people. Yeah. And if you want help along the journey, we'd love to hear your story. Please reach out to us. And um, yes. we look forward to seeing you back here again next time. On and the we Pure got them all emotional. Program. That was pretty good. I know. <laughs> Every now and then we tear them up. Thanks for joining us. It's not as hard to do as it used to be. So. <laughs> all right. God bless. See you. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.